yeah, the end goal for pitch is to make stacking sats peer-to-peer the standard. So basically, pre-coiners will not even necessarily know about KYC or not KYC. They will because it, because the non the KYC free peer-to-peer will then become the standard. If we manage to make pitch Bitcoin top of mind awareness for the pre-coiners in the next bull market, then I think we will solve the liquidity problem yeah. and we will make stacking sats peer-to-peer the standard. Welcome to Bitcoin Basics with your hosts, Faris and Gordon. Visit bitcoinbasics.help if you need help buying and securing your Bitcoin. We have a brand new podcast. Visit myprivacy.help to subscribe. Did you know you can completely control your personal information without relying on a third party? Farris, Gordon, and industry experts explain how you can reclaim control of your data, your privacy, your life. Visit myprivacy.help. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Bitcoin Basics Podcast with your usual hosts, Ferris and Gordon. The time of recording is the 6th of June. The price of Bitcoin, 6th of June 2023, sorry. The price of Bitcoin is $25,770. Sorry, it is late in the evening for me as we are recording, if you cannot tell. Uh, Satoshis per dollar is 3880 and the block height is 793099 Gordon, how are you doing this evening? I'm great. Thanks, Ferris. It is not my bedtime yet, so I am still awake. We just interviewed Steph from Peach Bitcoin, and it was it was really good. And like my pod- podcast, Ferris, I do more research than you, but that's uh, that's okay. But I actually found that uh, I actually found that I would challenge that, was... but I'm just too tired right now. Uh, <laughs> it's getting know, late for me. We've got no evidence whatsoever. <laughs> I actually found it even more impressive and well met my expectations and even more because okay. what these guys, guys and girls, what they're doing is solving the problem of how do I buy hmm. Bitcoin privately? How do I buy KYC free Bitcoin? And yes, there are ways to do it. And we've discussed many ways to do that in the past. Everything from beers can hodl, hodl, Paxwell, whatnot, hmm. even Binance peer to peer. But I won't say they all suck, but there's problems with them. Even HODL HODL now requires you to KYC yourself. So you you got to buy peer-to-peer Bitcoin, but now I have to do a selfie with my ID. It doesn't make any sense. So they're solving a massive problem of the premium mm. on to buy KYC free Bitcoin, and they're solving the liquidity problem as well. So I was amazed. I'm super excited. And uh, yeah, if you are thinking about buying Bitcoin or you have Bitcoin, but you want to buy Bitcoin privately, this episode is for you. Yeah, sorry, just to reiterate on that from like, I'm nowhere near as technically mine as Gordon, but I do know what I'm doing when it comes to buying and selling Bitcoins. And I have tried um, this coddle huddle and you kind of look at them, you're like, mm, I, I, it, it looks like I could easily make a mistake. So I actually never even used them because it just looked too complex. And I was worried I'd make a mistake. Whereas with what Steph is doing with Peach Bitcoin, it's explained and set up elegantly. And yeah, it's, they've, they've done it with obviously targeting the noobs, the first timers. And yeah, um, I was, I was very impressed. Super impressive. Uh, have a look at the episode and I will link everything. There's a, there's a lot of links and stuff like that in the description of the show notes. Um, and so here's the interview with Steph from 
Peach Bitcoin. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share so we can find others like yourself. Well, good evening, Steph, or good morning where you are. Thank you very much for joining us. And um, yeah, for those of you just tuning in, um, Steph, we're just going to get you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, what's Peach Bitcoin? But first of all, what's your um, Bitcoin origin story? What was your Bitcoin Eureka moment? Good morning, Faiz. Good morning, Gordon. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to, to talk with you right now. Um, so I'm Prof. Steph. As you can recognize from uh, from my accent, I uh, I come from from France. Um, and uh, what's my Bitcoin story? Uh, well, I'm class of let's say 2017, but in 2017 I discovered more like crypto as a whole. I guess like like everyone else. And um, I was I was kind of working in the crypto industry ish as a freelancer out of um, out of New York City actually with with like a crypto project in in New York City and I traveled a lot at the time to to conferences uh, in the US in Asia a lot in Asia because at the time the time of, of shitcoin in 2017 uh, Asia was was crazy. And in conferences at some point when I was a bit tired, I mean, I never really understood crypto. Uh, I was having a lot of fun, but I didn't understand. I didn't click with it, um, with what it was here for. And so I ended up talking with, uh, you know, the or looking for the smartest, the smartest kids in the room. And the smartest kids in the room were actually Bitcoiners. So the narrative of Bitcoin uh, clicked much more. And so little by little, I, I became, I became a, what we call a Bitcoin maximalist. And, um, and so I stopped everything I was doing in, in, in crypto in 2017. And in 2018, I became this, this, uh, this Bitcoin maximalist. And uh, after a few years in Bitcoin, you know, we spent so much time thinking about Bitcoin, um, uh, being with Bitcoiners as well. Like a lot of Bitcoiners became a friend of mine uh, that I was like, OK, I have to align my, my energy and my time. Uh, with uh, my uh, revenue, with my economic incentive. And so that's why I decided to to build something on, on Bitcoin. How many ICOs did you get wrecked by? <laughs> so the funny thing because is... Because I did. I- <laughs> so, actually, um, so actually, I never... Uh, I never got paid in uh, in shitcoins, and I actually never really owned shitcoins. I remember that the first time I bought was I bought a little of, no okay I bought a little of Bitcoin and a little of um, of uh, Ethereum, uh, like just a few hundreds. And then one day a client paid me in Ethereum, but guess what? I actually lost the keys, so I never received those 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 Ethereums. And then every time I got paid, I was paid in um, in USDT that I then uh, used to to stack that. So sorry, Steph, what were you doing at the time to get paid in crypto? If you if you don't mind me asking. Well, for example, you know, I was in New York City and um, and the guy like proposed me to ask me to to run his like crypto marketing agency. And so, for example, I had a client who was um, an ex-managing uh, partner at Morgan Stanley and he wanted to put uh, gold on the blockchain. And so I was 
trying to do some, I don't know, project management for him, this type of things. Um, yeah, yeah, I was like, what the fuck is that? I have... The thing is that I had no clue about it at the time. But the funny thing is that people out there were even more clueless, actually, you know? And so, yeah, that's why I little by little, I became a Bitcoiner because, because I realized that, crypt... I mean, in my opinion, at least crypto people were a bit clueless about what they were doing. They were not going deep into, into it, if you want, you know? So, yeah. So is your, your background is engineering, is it? or? No, my background is uh, product and marketing. So okay. I work for big, uh, big companies, um, big, fast-moving consumer goods companies. Yeah, I did a lot of stuff, actually. I worked for... Yeah, I worked for a lot of different industries. I worked a bit in the banking industries. I worked in uh, so fast-moving consumer goods industries. I worked in the energy industry. I worked in uh, the automobile industry at Nissan at the time. Uh, I even worked at McDonald's. You know the meme? Well, when I was young, I worked at McDonald's. That was my first job. <laughs> like yeah. most shit coiners, they've done the McDonald's Mc- turn. <laughs> McRoyal with cheese. I had one of those. Um, you're, you're entering into Bitcoin like 2017, 2018. I'm impressed. Like I, I bought, I'll, I'll admit it. I bought shit coins. I lost some money on ICOs. So it's in, actually impressive that you didn't uh, lose too much money with that. But it is funny how, you know, some of the smartest people in the room, seemingly smartest people in the room are actually the dumbest. So when they talk about blockchain, this blockchain, that crypto, this crypto, that it's like, yeah, actually you don't know what you're talking about. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I have to say, I don't know if it's because I'm I'm a, I'm a woman or what, but I'm, I'm also trusting a lot my intuition. And my intuition was, was telling me that something was off, you know? Um, I don't know, something didn't, yeah, fully click with the, with the crypto value proposition. It was, yeah, it was a lot of my intuition as well who, that, that, that told me, well, no, maybe don't, don't put your money into this thing. <laughs> well, you're right. <laughs> so uh we'll talk about peach bitcoin in a minute and 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 you've got an interesting history and background but um we'll talk about exchanges and people know what exchanges are but perhaps we could just sort of start at a high level and maybe drill down to what peach bitcoin is mm-hmm. could you give us sort of what a centralized exchange is what is a decentralized exchange and what is peach bitcoin a peer-to-peer exchange Yes, yes, yes. So um, uh, a centralized exchange is, um, okay, so put it in in, in simple words, uh, people can buy Bitcoin through basically a Bitcoin company, a Bitcoin broker, basically a Bitcoin exchange. So they're going to send a a bank transfer to, uh, to a Bitcoin company, basically. And centralized exchange often ask for uh, verify, a verification process. So what we what we call KYC, which is know your customer, which is essentially uh, giving away your your identity, your passport, and sometimes even more information than your passport uh, for the centralized company to collect. And then they're like, okay, I I, I know who you are now. Uh, I keep this information about your identity in my database, and I note that this person linked to this passport has bought Bitcoin for me. 
uh, that centralized exchange. And actually, I would make a difference between, I would say, centralized exchange and um, and uh, ver verification exchange, uh, because you can be centralized, but not asking for the verification process. So that centralized exchange, so like uh, Kraken, uh, Coinbase, etc. Most of the time, a lot of those exchanges are actually um, designed for for traders. When you go to to Kraken, Bitstamp, or whatever, it's a bit scary. It's a dark uh, kind of screen with a lot of charts everywhere. So it's really designed for traders. Now we saw uh, a lot of centralized exchange coming up. Uh, but designed for the plebs, designed for regular people. I can think about Amber in Australia. I can think about Relay in uh, Europe, uh, Pocket Bitcoin, uh, many, many, or even Cash App in a way. Uh, those are still centralized exchange, um, but with a different type of audience, a different type of design. Then we have uh, we have then peer-to-peer -peer exchanges. Peer-to-peer uh, -peer exchange is the difference that instead of buying Bitcoin or selling Bitcoin to a Bitcoin broker, a Bitcoin company, you're actually selling or buying to another person. So essentially, you're not sending your bank transfer to a central uh, to a central entity, but you're sending your bank transfer to an individual. Uh, so no one knows actually that you actually bought Bitcoin because I sent a bank transfer to Gordon. And it could be, I sent you 100 uh, Swiss francs maybe because, I don't know, I bought whatever, you know, from you, but not Bitcoin. So, yeah, that's the type of uh, exchanges that we have. And then, of course, um, so in the case of Peach, Peach is, is, is a centralized entity because we're a company, we're a startup with a decentralized order book. So a decentralized peer-to-peer -peer order book. Exactly the same than Hodl Hodl. Then we have BISC. Uh, BISC or, or RoboSats, which is uh, those those entities are, are a different beast because they are a decentralized entity running a decentralized order book. So they are not a company, if you want. Um, yeah, so those are the, every, every, of course, everything comes with trade-off. Um, then people just choose the, 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 the services that 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 matches their, their needs the best. Um yeah, everything comes with trade-off, you know. So, yeah, so, but more that's all the categories. So, Steph, we have had peer-to-peer -peer, um, platforms in the past, thinking of um, local Bitcoins, you know, there's Paxful, Huddle, Huddle. But in the case of local Bitcoins, they've discontinued. I can't remember which one, Huddle, Huddle or Paxful have moved to KYC. Why is that? Why has it been difficult to maintain a peer-to-peer -peer exchange? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a very good question. So um, local Bitcoin, I think that they, from, from what they communicated, they stopped their business just because I think they moved to some, to, they moved to something else because they, you know, they've been in the game for, they're, they're the OG in the game. They've been in the, in the game for like, I don't know, like eight, eight years or so. And, and I think that they choose to discontinue. They were not forced to discontinue. Paxful, they they closed because I mean the, C, the ex CEO Ray made it made it quite clear they closed they closed because they had a, they had a team issue at the at the fund, funding team level. Uh, it is difficult because well because government wants to wants to surveil everything and of course peer to peer is trying to circumvent that you know they're trying to peer to peer is circumventing okay we do not know who is actually buying and selling Bitcoin with peer to peer order book. 
So yeah, of course, government they want their hand on uh, on uh, any single on ramp of ramp uh, that exists. So the name of the game is to is to navigate with the with the regulation basically, or to create mm. a complete decentralized entity à la BISC. But it's not trivial to to implement, and it comes with trade off because BISC is very complicated to use, and with BISC, oh, I can testify to that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's complicated. It's not for I think it's not for for all the pre coiners, you know, to to use BISC. So the trade off with speech was like, okay, we are a centralized entity. Uh, we are going to play with the reg- well to play to, to to use the regulation to our advantage. Uh, the regulation which says that that non KYC uh, that you can trade KYC free up to 1,000 per day, which is quite good for the regular person. Uh, $1,000, euros. One thousand Swiss francs. Yeah. One thousand Swiss francs. Okay. Yeah, yeah, per day, which is reason. Uh, I mean, which is still a shame, obviously, but for the average person nowadays, it's still it's still a reasonable amount mm. to to trade with. Well. Up until uh, hyperinflation, maybe. Yeah, so we've seen, like, just today, the news coming out of um, uh, America, SEC pursuing Binance, and just last week, Binance quit uh, or ceased onroading with the Australian dollar in Australia. So we're starting to see these crackdowns onto onroading into what is the largest exchange out there. Um, how is it a threat to peach Bitcoin? Is it, can, is that something you might be concerned about? The government comes knocking on your door and just saying, yeah, we, we don't want you running the service. How, can they prevent that? So first of all, I'm not going to touch the U.S. market at all. I think you guys already have a lot of, uh, I mean, no, no, not you. You're not in the U.S., but, but, uh, but yeah, they have a lot of great startups, uh, out of the U.S. They have cash up, strike and everything. So, and, and the regulatory, uh, framework in the U.S. is way too complicated. And in Europe, well, in Switzerland, Peach Bitcoin is already uh, affiliated and accredited uh, by uh, by the regulation. So we already have the license that our model is compliant with AML laws. So so far so good. We are playing. We are, we, we are playing with the navigation quite well so far, and uh, we'll see how it evolves. You know. And, and is it open to non-Swiss residents? Yeah, it is. Okay. So anyone can join. Um, sorry, I just want to go through a step-by-step guide for new people coming in. Anyone can join Peach Bitcoin. And uh, you can download the app onto Android and your iPhone as well and desktop. Um, set up an account. You fund the account and you can fund it in multiple currencies. And that can be done via bank, Swift bank transfer. And then you can buy Bitcoin from someone else. Um, is is that correct? Have I misstated anything so far? So let's uh, let, let's let's uh, let's rewind a little bit and let's do it. Paris hasn't done his research. Don't worry. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, no, no. So 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 at the moment, pitch is in beta, so it's uh, available to download uh, on Android from the Play Store. From uh, for iPhone, it's only available through test flight. So you have to download that through our website. Uh, Peach is not available on desktop. It's only a mobile application right now. Then, at the moment, we open the app only for European users. Uh, we opt in European countries. But I think we discussed it. We're going to have another strategy in the coming months. Uh, we're going to do the opt-out instead of the opt-in. So basically, we're going to opt out all the countries that we cannot do business with. 
which are considered like, uh, you know, high risk by the government. And we're going to let everyone else be able to download Pitch. At the moment, it's just European. But this is going to come very, very soon because uh, a lot of Latin American people are asking us for Pitch and we want to give them Pitch. So then you have Pitch on your phone, you uh, create an account. And you create an account in less than 10 seconds. We are very, very proud of the account creation process because we're not asking you, the user, anything. Nothing. Not an email, not a phone number, nothing, nada. You just create an account and you have access to a non-ramp of ramp, a peer-to-peer on-ramp of ramp, and a self-custodial wallet. So you own your keys. Uh, from there, if you want to buy, you just, uh, basically, you just publish your offer. I want to buy uh, one, uh, 1 million sats uh, with Revolut and PayPal uh, and WISE. I publish. I wait to receive a match, meaning a sell offer that matches my criteria. I match the sell offer. The seller receives a push notification saying, hey, this guy wants to, wants to buy from you. The seller look at the reputation of the guy. He's like, oh, this guy has a five pitches reputation. He's a great guy. I want to trade with him. The buyer receives a push notification uh, to the, that, that the trade has been accepted. He then sees the payment details. So he sees the phone number of the Revolut account. He goes on the Revolut account still on, on his, from his phone, make the fiat payment. The, the, the seller receives a push notification from Pitch saying, hey, the, the payment has been made. Confirm that you receive the payment. The seller confirms that you receive the payment and the sats are sent to the buyer, either on the pitch wallet or on whatever wallet of uh, the buyer's choice. So the pitch app itself, so pitch acts as the escrow. And this is something I really appreciated on your website was you have screenshots of that process. Because I remember trying BISC once and the concern was, hang on, if I'm sending this person my money, how do I know they're going to send me my Satoshis? Uh, that process I didn't think was explained so well. But yeah, on your website, I thought that actually that explained quite well how the behind the scenes of the process works. Yeah, absolutely. We have this escrow system in place. So basically, the seller, to be able to publish an offer, before publishing an offer, he has to put his sats into an escrow. The escrow is a two out of two multi-signature escrow between pitch and the seller. So meaning that both pitch and the seller has a key to that uh, escrow. After 30 days, though, uh, after 30 days, the escrow becomes a single signature for pitch. Why? Because the seller can be a malicious actor. And if the seller is malicious, we still need to push the sats to the buyer, right? So after 30 days and the dispute is raised, we uh, are able to push the sats to the buyer. Uh, so yeah, now this escrow is great because when a buyer enters a trade, he knows that the sats are already there. even sees the link of the escrow. Yeah, I, I, I think the system's really good, um, Steph. And there, there are three things that immediately jumped out to me straight away. And one of them was on your uh, website, it quotes, KYC free Bitcoin is the best Bitcoin. And as soon as mm-hmm. I saw that, I'm like, okay, I, I need to uh, I need to have a look at that. And two things that I really appreciated was um, you could download the app via an APK. So people who are concerned mm-hmm. about privacy, and eventually you'll have a, you know, an iPhone app in the, in the app store. Um, 
you know, they, they don't want to tie to the Google or the Apple ID and, and that kind of stuff. So I, I just appreciated that uh, privacy aspect. And that shows that you guys are on the right track to be able to download an APK and install it for people on Graphene or different de-Google phones. And the third thing that I was impressed is with the network fees. So at the moment, you know, everyone's going crazy on ordinals and BRC20, which we've talked about in the past and the network fees going through the roof. But on your app, you're actually able to specify like yeah. actual, you know, change the default network fees to, you know, calculate yourself or whatnot. So we don't have to go into all that stuff, but I was just impressed straight away that you guys kind of get it from a, from a usability, from a privacy, because I've used HODL, HODL, I've used BISC and all that kind of stuff. And I consider myself technical, but the, the need for Peach exists and I'm, I might be taking words out of your mouth, but the need exists because the interface and the whole process is pretty horrible if you want to buy KYC free Bitcoin. Sure. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. Yes. I mean, the, 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 we, we, yeah, we do care about, of course, there are trade-offs. Okay. Of course, there are trade-offs. But we are Bitcoiners. The whole team is, is, is Bitcoiners. The whole team is Bitcoin maximalist. And we do care about providing a good UX, a good journey without compromising on some basics of privacy. Um, and yeah, that's very important to us. So basically, us pitch, we do not know anything about the user, like anything. Uh, what we know is the order book. Because when you create an account, your account is actually uh, your pitch public key. That's what your account is. Your, your pitch ID is the, f- the first eight digits of your pitch uh, public key. Uh, and then we know that pitch ID one to three has about one million sats with Revolut. Uh, today, uh, to form pitch ID uh, four five uh, four five six. That's what we know. The public order book. That's it. Mm. Uh, all the payment data in the app, uh, when you input, for example, your phone number or your IBAN, we do not see it. This is end to end encrypted. We do not see it. We only see it if you raise a dispute. Otherwise, we do not see that as well. You, the app, the app data are stored on your phone. And that's why we, we that's why if you lose your, your backup to the pitch account, you actually lose your data. Mm. All your data are stored on your phone, not on our server. That's, that's quite important as well for us. That, that's extremely important. That's amazing because even privacy services, KYC, um, like Paxel in the past and HODL HODL, you know, you're able to buy and sell using a peer-to-peer marketplace, but then they introduce KYC. And so just to reiterate, you guys do not require KYC, but not only that, you can't actually see the individual transfers no. and um, things that are being done between the buyers and sellers either. So that's that's amazing mm-hmm. privacy. No, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, no, I'm, we, we, yeah, we're very happy about, about pitch right now. It's true. Yeah, it's we're very proud of pitch. Like we, we're exciting to see it grow. And there's a really cool feature. I looked at the, I didn't see it in the app. I downloaded that, but I saw it in the screenshots of what Faris was talking about before. So like if you're using a BISC or something and you're sending money to someone else, well, how do you know, you know, that it's going to get there or whatnot? But I saw in the, um, there was a little place in the escrow sort of field that you could like click on a hyperlink and it actually showed you, I think the, from a, from a block explorer, the transaction ID 
of what mm-hmm. was actually happening. So you could see mm-hmm. actually that that those funds from the seller are actually there. Like I can I can see that the yeah. seller has actually exactly. got that money in escrow. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. As a buyer, you know you have the, the, the pitch of mind, as we say, to know that the SATs are already there when you enter a trade. Don't trust verify. Don't trust verify. Exactly. Wow. No, it's a very impressive service, Steph. And um can do you mind telling people the how you came up with the name? I, I thought it was quite cute when I read about that. <laughs> so, yeah, everyone is asking this question. And then some, I mean, you might be just uh, disappointed by the answer because it was quite, quite random. I just needed a name. Uh, and I remember exactly where I was. I was in a coffee shop. I was like, what? I, I, I don't know what type of main name I could, I could choose. It's so complicated to find a name. I knew, what I knew is that I didn't want a, a, a nerdy name. I didn't want a Bitcoin-related name for two reasons, for OPSEC reasons and for approachability for the noobs. Uh, and I wanted something uh, fun, cute, uh, approachable. And so, I don't know, I was like, oh, yeah, stupid thought process. I was like, I did the, the apple kind of thought process. And I was like, what, what fruit is orange-ish? And, and pitch came up and it starts with a P. So it's like pitch to pitch, peer to peer. Uh, it's orange. It's, it's cute. It's, it's, there is a plenty of, 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 um, of, uh, of jokes that can be said with pitch in every languages. So voila. Uh, everyone liked pitch. I was like, okay, let's fucking go. It's pitch. I thought I read somewhere that you came up with the idea over a bottle of peach snaps. Because, yeah, that's on your website. Um, oh, yeah, I saw that photo too. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was peach vodka or peach snaps or something. Yeah. The peach bottle? Yeah, the peach bottle and the, and the photo on your website. No, no, the peach bottle. Well, we bought the peach bottle because we named the app Peach. Ah, oh, it came later. Okay. <laughs> came after. Yeah, yeah. But I got to tell you, like, when I first heard the name Peach Bitcoin, you don't forget it because there's so many bits, you know, um, websites, yeah. crypto this, bit that. Yeah. You, you you don't forget the name Peach Bitcoin. Exactly. That that was that was the goal. That was the goal. And I think we we validated the, the name over the past year. okay i'm gonna ask an annoying question and this is what happens to every peer-to-peer and what i've been frustrated using beers cotter hodl paxwell is two main things one is the lack of liquidity you look at you want to buy bitcoin Mm -hmm. but there's not enough sellers and two is the premium price so you know you're buying five percent above or whatever have you guys solved that are you solving it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, that's the core of the business, basically. Uh, liquidity, liquidity is uh, is a big one. Um, so we have okay. So there are several ways to go uh, to go with that. Um, <clears throat> first of all, we have at all time we have around five hundred buy offers open at all time in the app. And sometimes I'm, I'm having fun checking the order book of Rodel and Binance. We actually have more buyers on pitch, more open buy offer on pitch than on Binance peer-to-peer and Rodel Rodel and some competitors in Euro, for the Euro market, obviously. Mm. Uh, so buyer, I don't think it's going to be 
too much of a too much uh, too, 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 too complicated for us to, to get buyer. But obviously, in peer to peer, as you said, how to get sellers? Uh, so first, what we are doing is that we have zero fee uh, for sellers, so it's free to, to to sell your your Bitcoin on pitch. And then it's extremely fast to sell your Bitcoin on pitch because we design the, the UX around rapidity. Rapidity is extremely important for me. Rapidity, usability, and all from your phone. So you can literally sell your sats from your swimming pool, basically. And I can tell you that the median time currently to sell Bitcoin is nine minutes wow. on pitch. So basically, the first strategy is to develop more and more features for the sellers. Uh, we have a bunch of features in the roadmap uh, dedicated to to attract more and more sellers into the app. Then I think uh, when we'll have a bit more money uh, doing more business development, business dev uh, towards maybe miners, uh, towards people who wants to do arbitrage, uh, this, this, this type of thing. And I think that's my theory, but we'll see in the bull market if my theory is uh, is valid or not. But I think that if Pitch is still there during the bull market. And if Pitch is adopted by by retail in the bull market, I think that those pre-coiners will be actually the one experiencing Bitcoin by buying and selling a lot. And I think that 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 the the mass, let's say, the yeah, the, the neck the mass will be the one bringing liquidity, not necessarily the, the, the current arbitrage and the current Bitcoiners. And your second question, uh, the premium. So that's interesting because, well, I, I, I do not, as pitch, we do not want to decide on the premium. Uh, it's a complete free market. The seller is free to sell his Bitcoin as whatever price he wants, and the buyer is free to accept it or not. And here we are working on integrating live market data to send signal to the buyer and the seller uh, on what the, the market looks like. Uh, and so sellers will be incentivized to modify their offer according to the, uh, the market dynamics. And I think it's going to become very interesting to, to watch that as pitch calls. And how are you getting that data? Is that an average of several exchanges or how are you calculating? No, no, even, even the market data of the, of the, of the pitch marketplace. So okay. we can communicate to the seller, for example, um, what is the average premium of uh, all completed trade offer on these specific payment methods or how many buy offer there are live for this payment method or how many times his sell offer has been matched by a buyer uh, versus another sell offer. Uh, okay. We can have a lot of fun with just mm. the marketplace of pitch. But what you just said is, is interesting as well, because at some point we were thinking of also potentially, because right now we, 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 we are showing the, the Bitcoin price of from, from centralized exchange, right? Mm. From centralized and, and, and exchange that ask for KYC. So we are showing the standard, the Bitcoin standard price on our app and, 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 and all the other apps. It's the KYC Bitcoin price. I think it might be interesting to think about showing a Bitcoin price that is uh, from a peer-to-peer marketplace. So the real Bitcoin price one day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 and as, a, as a seller, for example, if I was to put in, you know, I want to sell 
whatever, how many sats at this price, it'd be really useful to see, well, how am I compared to the rest of the market? And, you know, you could see a little, little thing that says, well, actually your price is 5% above the market price or, you know, that, that would be really interesting. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. No, we can have a lot of fun with all, all. Yeah, we can have a lot of fun. It's it's yeah, showing all those data is is basically giving the actor of the market of the of free market all the data that they need that is happening live on the market for them to make uh to make their choices that is actually um, that is decided based on real data on data from the market dynamics. Do you think we will see an event where, or something going on where, I mean, this happened in India when they eliminated um, the two highest bank denominations of cash, um, where Bitcoin is traded at a premium, like they went 20% up in, in India. But do you see that happening for any reason with um, peer-to-peer version Bitcoin, where people go, for whatever reason, they're like, yeah, I want to pay more for peer-to-peer Bitcoin rather than get buying off a centralized exchange? Well, yes, absolutely. And I think it's already happening. Like proof is we already have users, you know, and we already have users who are uh, willing to pay uh, X premium for their KYC free Bitcoin. And is that, like, is that tax avoidance? Is that, do, you know, do we know the uh, reasons behind that? Like what, what do you think is, is driving that? But the reason is I don't want to give away uh the reason is privacy. I don't want to give away my passport to, to buy Bitcoin. I don't want anyone else to know that I own Bitcoin because I'm opting out from a system. It's my choice to opt out from this currency. And this is my own decision to decide to operate on a new money. And it's not anyone else's business. It's my own business. So I don't see why I should inform a third party that clearly has proven that this third party doesn't want me, doesn't want, uh, uh, doesn't want any good for me. Um, yeah, I want to, I want to opt out from the current system in, in all, in all privacy. That's, that's the reason. And the second reason is simply usability. Like, come on, get a noob or a pre-coiner is like, oh, I want to buy Bitcoin. Get him to, to explain to him. Yeah, but go back home. Uh, get your passport somewhere, wherever you you keep it. Come back. Let's take a picture of your passport together. Blah blah blah. Wait for mm. two days, and you might have an account. Nah, come on. Just from a product standpoint, it doesn't make any sense as well, you know. So it's both. Uh, yeah. It's like, yeah. I remember, yeah, the days of 2017. People trying to buy Bitcoin, and it would take two weeks for your account to get processed. And by that time, the price went up X amount, and so people. Had it in their head on buying Bitcoin at four thousand dollars. Now it's at you know six thousand. I'm not going to buy Bitcoin. I'll wait for it to come back down because they missed that two week move. Um, so yeah, when you're saying in a matter of seconds you get an account up and running, it's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, no, it matters. Usability, especially for pre coiners, usability matters. Mm. They will use the product that is the most performant, the most usable. Uh, yeah, basically performance usability. At the end of the day, we're providing a product. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and, and in fairness to centralized exchanges, because I helped a friend, um, I even though I suggest uh, I didn't know about Peach Bitcoin at the time, it's a couple of weeks ago. Um and they and they just wanted to do it, you know, the fastest, quickest way. And I think it was Binance in the end. Like in fairness to centralized exchanges, it was fairly quick. But of course, what are you what are you actually paying for? You're paying with your government ID, 
your information, your mobile phone. So yeah. you, you could talk about buying KYC for Bitcoin at a premium, although Peach Bitcoin, it might not be a premium, but at a centralized exchange, you're actually paying a premium and you, the premium paying is your privacy. So um, exactly. you have to, have to exactly. um, try that. But if you're have- able to do both, if you can lower the price and have a good price and not have any um, KYC stuff, then that's the yeah. holy grail, isn't it? So exactly, but I think the, I mean, I guess the price will, will the, 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 the the premium from from sellers will will go down as they will have mm. more and more sellers and more and more competition. But I mean, at at some point as well, Bitcoin is not meant to be traded uh, to always be traded at the same traded at the same price, right? I mean, we cannot want Bitcoin number go up, like the price to go up. And still wants to buy Bitcoin cheap. At some point, it's just, you know, I, there is a cognitive dissonance here. You know, uh, Bitcoin is meant to go up. So the point is stack that, stack an amount of Bitcoin. You know, yeah. and yeah, people will. Yeah, and don't that. tell anyone about it. Yeah, like first rule of Fight Club: don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like when you see Bitcoin stickers on laptops. Like, no, don't don't do that. It's great that you want to spread the message, but not in public. And, <laughs> It's like don't yeah. don't host a Bitcoin Basics podcast. You're a target. I don't have a Bitcoin first. I lost it in a boating accident. Remember? <laughs> yeah, we, Remember we were on that? that trip together. That's right. Yeah, yeah. several boating accidents. Yeah, um, with Jimmy Hoffa and John McAfee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'm going to ask an annoying question, and <laughs> and that is when lightning. <laughs> So um, we talked. About, so last week we were in a team retreat all together in in Spain, and we talked about that. And uh, Lightning is not trivial to implement at all, especially if we wanted to implement a self custodial um, Lightning uh, on ramp of ramp. So we're first first thinking of of because the question is not nec- okay. What is the question behind when Lightning? The question is why lightning on pitch? And the why lightning on pitch is because of the high fees environment. So what we want is actually to reduce the fees. We do not care much about the instantaneity on lightning on the on the exchange, to be honest. It's yeah. not the number one criteria. The, num- the number one issue to solve is the fees. So how to solve the fees? Well, we came up with other ideas that are less complicated to implement than, than Lightning and can still save on fees. So, for example, as simple as batching transaction. Hmm. And batching transaction can actually save up quite a big amount on fees on pitch. Yeah. So we're first going to implement features that are 80-20, you know, so 20% effort for 80% of, uh, of uh, profitability, let's say. And then down the road, I think next year, we will see how how we can uh, if if lightning makes sense. We're also thinking about integrating Bitcoin liquid, maybe. Mm, I was going to ask that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we talked with Blockstream a few weeks ago. Um, it might make sense. It might make sense. We and I, I think you're right. I I really like your answer because yeah, when I asked that question, it was a little bit of a trolley question, but a lot of people ask it and. It wasn't so much the speed; it was more the the network mm, fees, the, exactly. fee, the transactional fees. So, if you exactly. can get the fees lower, then that's fine. 
Exactly, exactly, exactly. Absolutely. And that's why I, I, I always I always say treat pitch Bitcoin. Yes, it's about Bitcoin. It's built on Bitcoin. Fine. Okay, that's whatever. But it's a product now that we, we, we need to deliver to the users. And so to deliver a good product, we need to ask ourselves the good questions on the product. And here, indeed, the good question was, why do we want to implement Lightning? And not just, oh, let's implement Lightning because it's trendy, yeah. you know? Absolutely, yep. Faris, I have more questions, but you go for it. I've dominated. <laughs> no, 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 you go. I've, I've got my simpleton questions out of the way. You can dive in deep, no gourds. <laughs> All right. Um, no, I was just thinking of the usability and, a lot of people listening to this, they might not have used a peer-to-peer. And I know you sort of you explained that at the beginning, but perhaps it'd be worth going through that again because people listening to this, they might not have bought Bitcoin or they might have bought Bitcoin, but they bought it from Coinbase or Kraken or Binance. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of peer-to-peer, a peer-to-peer marketplace, how, how does that work? And I know you've sort of gone through this again, but maybe from a perspective of buyer, because I guess most people listening is probably looking at buyer. How does that work with Peach Bitcoin? Yeah, I think uh, I think people should not overcomplicate it because it's a bit the same than Airbnb or Tinder or whatever. Peach is just a matchmaking platform at the end of the day. It's it's yeah. a cyberspace where people go and get matched. So I want to buy 1 million sats with Revolut, PayPal, and bank transfer. There is someone else who wants to, buy, who wants to sell 1 million sats with bank transfer and PayPal. We get a match because we have two payment methods in common. And as a buyer, I say, okay. I see that he accepts as well PayPal and bank transfer. I tr- I'm going to send him a signal. I'm going to match him, send him a signal saying, I want your offer with PayPal, he's going to receive my, the signal, the, the buy proposal. He's going to say, okay, that's a good proposal. The reputation is good. I want to trade with this person. And uh, the buyer sees the trade inform- the, the, the payment detail information. So the IBAN, the phone number, whatever where, payment data that will allow him to make the fiat payment because the fiat payment doesn't, uh, happen on Pitch at all. Pitch has no link whatsoever with any fiat payment rails. You have to go outside Pitch Bitcoin to make the fiat payment. And uh, and then that's it. You, con- you, 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 you confirm on Pitch that you have received the payment and you rate your user. I don't think, to be honest, I, 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 I think, okay, we have a lot to improve on the UX still for sure, but, but I think that most people are already quite comfortable with peer-to-peer uh, marketplaces. I mean, look at Airbnb. We, we, we peer-to-peer our houses. Look at even Uber. We just put in touch a rider and a driver. Uh, you know, even a bit Tinder. It's a bit the same. You know, you match someone, you send a signal that you, you're interested. The person says, okay, I match you back. And boom, you get into a trade where the trade here is a, a chat system. Uh, yeah, it's pitch has been built a little bit the same. It has been built as well to be mobile native, mobile first. So that's why the, the user the user journey is extremely, uh, I think, is 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 quite smooth. Tinder can be a horrible trade, but that's a story <laughs> for another time. Um, <laughs> so I, I like your analogy of Airbnb. That's good because Airbnb isn't 
providing the properties themselves. They're just matching people who want to rent and people who've got a house. So that's sort of right. what you guys are doing, that peer-to-peer exactly. marketplace. You're just a matchmaker. Um, yeah, just, just a matchmaker. Um, providing, providing the play, the, 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 the platform to do the matchmaking, providing the security infrastructure with the escrow, and providing the customer support with the dispute mm. management system that happens in the app. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, and, and also you talked about reputation, which is something that is extremely important as well, because obviously if you want to buy Bitcoin or even sell Bitcoin, there's a reputation yeah. based on that. But um, that reputation, it's like someone might have done that with HODL, HODL, something like that, but then they're moving to a new platform and now they're starting mm-hmm. from scratch again. How, how can we maybe implement or incorporate some sort of reputation system that's sort of maybe a bit open and I don't know. Um, love I love your question because that's a feature that we have in the, in the, in the roadmap. And I think okay. we should speak quite fast. Um, we want indeed, we want people to be, to not start from scratch exactly as you, as you, as you described it. Uh, if you have a five star rating uh, with 1000 trade on, on Hodel, Hodel, Paxful, Binance, whatever, uh, you should be able to import this reputation into pitch. Uh, the, the feature is written already. We just need to, to, to start to ship it. Uh, yeah. And another, and, and then the other way around. The other way around, uh, because the pitch reputation score is linked to your pitch public key. And this is going to be exportable and verifiable because the pitch, you can verify your pitch public key with your pitch PGP key that is derived from the public key. It's a bit like this is very, very similar to Noster. So on Noster, you know, you can verify uh, that what you write is, is, is that, that the message is actually coming from uh, the, the, the account that it says it is from and it pitches the same thing. So we want, in the near future, we want to be able, well, it's already possible, but we didn't uh, implement the feature yet. Mm-hmm. We want to make each reputation score exportable. Yeah, that, that, that's really important. And, and I'm really glad to hear that because there are, there are so many amazing platforms around, but they're all siloed. You know, yeah. I've got one system here, I've got my reputation here. And especially for Bitcoiners, we've already got this public-private key system anyway, so why can't? We implement exactly. some sort of uh, interoperability between all these systems. Exactly. So that's that's cool. Yeah, exactly, exactly, uh, absolutely, hundred percent. And and the, and and even I think the ideal world would be that we all have a shared order book, uh, maybe hosted on Noster. You know. Mm. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I know you. I know you're beginning and peaches. Um, sort of, you guys are just getting started. And everyone's like, "Where is this? Where is this?" And you <laughs> mentioned that you know it's pretty pretty much Eurocentric in the moment. But uh, you are gonna maybe, uh, apart from countries that can't participate, like yeah. as an Australian or as I don't know, someone in Africa or whatever. When do you? Is there a roadmap for that? And what what so would that look like? Australia. I do not know if about Australia. We, uh, I'm, I'm meeting with my lawyer on Friday, so I will ask him. <laughs> but um, but first, I think the, the the easy win is for us to make pitch available in available in Latin America. That's the easy win because I think regulation in Latin America are less uh, invasive, maybe. 
at first. So yeah. Um, but I'm going to see that with, with the lawyer because I said I, I accept countries that we need to opt out. I would like I, I would like to make pitch available, yeah, everywhere. Mm. Without so any you might you, you might not want to answer this one, um, but if you're not in a European country, but you can set up um, yeah. like an iStore account in Europe mm-hmm. or a VPN on your phone, is that a possibility to join Peach Bitcoin? <laughs> So as a curveball question, you can probably don't want to answer that one. <laughs> you know, lawyer might say that well, exactly. I, think, I think you said it all. I think you said it all. Um, yeah. I mean, technically it's possible. Okay. But you'd still need a bank. It's, even if you use a VPN, you still need to do a European payment, like a SEPA or a payment anyway. Yeah, but if you see, yeah true. But uh, there are like uh, some on fiat online wallets that are solving this. For example, on Wise, on Wise, yeah. a lot of uh, currencies. Right. Sounds like a fun challenge we can play around with. Because <laughs> you know, as Bitcoiners, yeah. we like we like to follow the rules. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, 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 yeah. No, it's it's fun. It's a bit like. Uh, uh, how do we say it again? Uh, ask for permission later. Like try it <laughs> out. Uh, yeah. 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 Mm. yeah because on the if you don't ask permission first, then you don't do anything. To be honest, it's like okay, you're not doing something completely illegal, but I mean, do it, and you know, voila. Uh, like when we started pitch, we didn't have the license at first. So now, yes, we have the license, but. At some point, you have to you have to to run into the unknown a little bit. If you always want to do something in the known um, framework, then I can tell you you're not going to create that much because, well, it's not possible. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. Or or wait for regulation. I mean, you know, if you waited for regulation, you'd be waiting twenty years. Yeah. So. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, is there anything you want to tell us about Peach that we didn't ask or any features or what's on the roadmap or feel free to tell plug, us, yeah, whatever. Tell us where people can find you, um, follow you, all your social medias, all that stuff. Uh, right. Well, people can find us uh, on Twitter at Peach Bitcoin. Um, we also have a Telegram group. Uh, but it's true that this telegram, oh, you, you can find, yeah, all, all our social media links are, are into our website. So we have a telegram group, a discord group where we provide uh, customer support in, uh, in Spanish, German, French, Dutch, Italian. Um, yeah. And then what's excited to say, well, we, the app is available in Spanish, which is great. And we're actually working to release one new, uh, one new language every two weeks or so. Um, so that's that's quite exciting. Um, we're working on making the UX even more even more uh, smooth. We are going to implement RDF for the fees uh, in the coming weeks. We are going to uh, implement, as I said earlier, the batching transaction. Uh, we are going to implement uh, live market data for both the buyer and the seller, uh, with the seller having the ability to change his premium depending on the market data that he receives. 
yeah, I mean, a lot of cool stuff. A lot of cool stuff. It's it's so exciting stuff because, like, Faris and I, yeah, we have Bitcoin podcast, but we're also starting a new privacy venture. And this question has been, yeah, you know, buying Bitcoin is easier and easier, but actually it's not easy to buy KYC-free Bitcoin. And I've used mm-hmm. BISC, um, I've used HODL, HODL packs, so I've used them all. And um, apart from the technical aspect, lack of liquidity and premium stuff like that, it's, it's, it's a hassle. It's really, yeah. uh, you, you're solving a very, very important problem. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, no, and maybe yeah, to to conclude or what or, or, or I, I I think the, the the end goal is to make or the, yeah the end goal for pitch is to make stacking sats peer to peer the standard. So basically, pre coiners will not even necessarily know about KYC or not KYC. They will because it because the non the KYC free peer to peer will then become the standard. If we manage to make Pitch Bitcoin top of mind awareness for the pre-coiners in the next bull market, then I think we will solve the liquidity problem yeah. and we will make stacking sats peer-to-peer the standard. Because if you yeah. think about it, I think I think that it competes Pitch Bitcoin competes with centralized exchange as well. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's how Bitcoin was intended to be a peer-to-peer, you know, electronic currency. Well, thank you very much, Steph. It's been enlightening and we are very excited to use Peach Bitcoin. And even if we're not in a jurisdiction to do so, we're going to figure out a way. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, guys. It's, uh, it was really, really a nice and pleasant chat. Uh, really nice. Yeah, no, thank you, Steph. Thanks, Jason. Uh, C'était notre plaisir. Merci. To an European uh, conference? Say that again, sorry. Uh, sorry. Well, are, you guys, are you guys going to come to an European event? Uh, hopefully sometime soon. Yes. We've, I've just been to Bitcoin Alive in Sydney. Um, the problem is living in where we do. It's a long way to get anywhere. Um, but no, we're keen to get out to a lot more conferences and yeah, okay. but we'll, uh, yeah, keep our, keep our eye on the radar, but uh, we'll follow each other on social media yes. and, um, yeah, keep in touch. We will, we'd love to have you back on when, yeah, Peach Bitcoin is, you know, a few more months down the road, but it's been very exciting yeah. for us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate your time and your interest and your support. Like, thanks a million. Bye, too. Merci, Steph. Thank you, Steph. (laughs) Ciao, ciao. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Thanks for watching or listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe, and share so we can spread this educational content to others like yourself. Visit bitcoinbasics.help. Disclaimer. Any content provided by CoinCompass is for educational and informational purposes only and is not investment, legal, tax, or any other professional advice. A qualified professional should be consulted before making any financial decisions. CoinCompass will at times recommend certain products, services, and technologies, but these are opinions based upon our own or podcast guests' experience and not endorsements. We take no liability for out-of-date or inaccurate information, software bugs, manufacturing errors, technology misuse, or issues involving third parties. Visit coincompass.com for more information and please contact us.